Hello, it's Emmanuel here. Um, first of all, I, I, I want to make a bit of an apology, really, because I've not really been on the case recently. I've, I've had a bit of a hiatus. Um, you know, my intention was to bang on with the old podcast, you know, with regularity. Um, but unfortunately, I, I, I've just really kind of lost my mojo, to be honest. And... I've been feeling very tired and, and so on and so forth. Um, I mean, I'm not a morning person, don't get me wrong. You know, um, uh, one gets, uh, you know, one gets one's act together around about midday, you know, I'll probably surface then. Um, and, 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 you know, it's quite hard to get things going, you know, and, and I'm not really going until the afternoon, to be honest, um, you know, after a few coffees. But anyway, no, um, I'm back on the case and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the next instalment of interviews, which I have lined up and I've got quite a few lined up. Um, but 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 in the meantime, I've been, I've been going on the internet, and I've been sort of going around with possible reasons for my complete lack of energy, if you like. And uh, I take a multivitamin tablet. I mean, I think that's quite sensible. Um, but I found that um, online, it, it, it could could be that testosterone patches are the answer. And um, I do think that probably my testosterone's gone through the floor, um, and, uh, and and one, one one wouldn't be doing it to uh, rekindle um, one's past um, sexual encounters or sexual um, uh, prowess. Um, that's not really what what it's for. Um, but I, but but I can see the point that some people might want want that. Um, but uh, really, I'm, I'm past caring, to be honest with you. It's uh, an evening in with, um, you know, a glass of sherry, really. That would do me, to be honest. Anyway, things, things here have been going along very well, actually. Um, uh, you know, that, that the flat is immaculate, you know. And when I say immaculate, there's not a speck of dust anywhere. Um, I mean, she's done a brilliant job and... Um, and to the point where, you know, um, I, I don't even like to sit down on the sofa in, in case I, I, I um, crease a cushion. Um, and, and certainly when I know she's coming round, I'm, I'm always very particular to make the bed and, and make it very, you know, properly and so on and, and tidy round because I don't want her to think I've, I've slipped and I'm, I'm back in my old ways, you know, that, that would not do... Um, and, and she's getting on very well with the, uh, the 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 new washing machine that I purchased for her. And, uh, you know, just everything. You know, singing, dancing, and I, I think one can even program it with Alexa. I mean, not that I have a clue about that at all. Um, but yeah, things are going really well, and um, and so and so on to my next podcast, which um, I managed to um, interview a most wonderful woman called Samara about her experiences of singing and opera. So I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you enjoy the next few that are coming along. So without further ado, here is my third podcast. Hello, um, this is Emmanuel, and I'm sitting in the foyer of the Birmingham Repertory Theatre 
Yes, I'm in Birmingham again. Um, I'll tell you more about that later. Um, I'm in the foyer and it's rather magnificent actually because it, it connects with Birmingham Library, which if you've ever been to Birmingham, you'll know it's a rather marvellous building full of metal and, and long escalators. And it also contains the um, Shakespeare collection, which I believe, I could be wrong, is the world's biggest collection of Shakespearean folios. Um, you know, if I'm wrong, then I'm terribly sorry. Anyway, I'm, I'm sat here with Samara. Now, have I said that right, Samara? Yes, you have. Oh, thank you. Now, Samara. Samara is a fantastic um, woman who's done an awful lot of work in Birmingham to do with singing. Now, um, I can't sing. I don't even profess to be able to. Um, I can't make a note. Um, I just make a lot of noise. Um, but Samara's got a most beautiful voice and she's been involved in singing for the most part of your life. Is that correct? Yes, it is. Since childhood, really. And, and so what was the spark that got you into singing? Because, you know, um, I think back to my childhood and I, I basically was terrified of getting up and singing anything and I'd sit at the back, sloping at the back, you know. But, but what was it that made you discover you had a voice? Right. Um, I owe it all to my mum. Um, she was the one who brought music into the house, so she brought um, LPs, albums, 60s type music. Um, I call it slow reggae, soft reggae. So, you know, my man left me, woe is me, that kind of music. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, so, you know, um, gentle, um, with a reggae beat, yes. um, you know, I mean, obviously everyone's knows what. I mean, I presume everybody knows what reggae music is. Um, I, I'm interested, though, that the particular music your mum listened to were, were female artists. Is that correct? It is. It just happened to, for some reason. It was um, female artists who were the ones singing on these albums. So what I did, and I don't know why I was allowed to do this, but I remember quite clearly getting hold of these albums, playing them, learning the lyrics, and then turning them over, um, and the B-side was the instrumental, and um, so I sang over the top of the instrumental, so I taught myself to sing, basically. So, basically, the, the song, the lyrics on side A, Correct. and side B was just the instrumental, so it's a Correct. bit like karaoke. <laughs> and, and you know, I'm, you know, it's not like Gary, but you know what I mean. It was, it, and you learned the lyrics, and then you had the music backing, backing Correct. track. Yes, and that's fascinating. So, um, was that um, noted at school? Did people at school know you could sing, or were you involved in in school choirs, or did you sing at school? I mean, basically, um, not at school. I sang in a choir outside of school because all I remember is that I sang at the town hall. Very prestigious, obviously. Oh, yes. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, actually, I do remember, you know, you know, these things do stick out in one's memory. Um, I, I played the recorder and I said, when I say I played the recorder, I didn't really play it. I, I couldn't read music. I just sort of went along with whatever people were playing. And we did this recorder recital in the assembly rooms. And I, I remember it's a bit like your town hall. It was quite a big, big thing, you know. Um, but that was the, the, the extent of my musical um, prowess, I would say. Right, playing the recorder. Playing the recorder, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> okay. um, 
But you know, um, so, so that made a big impression, I, I, guess, I guess, um, having yes. performed in this rather magnificent town hall, and if it's Birmingham Town Hall, it is rather a special building, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, and so singing, I was one of those ones where singing just comes naturally to you, so mm. if there's singing to be done, I'm there, <laughs> sort of thing. And, and yeah. would you say it's a way for you to relax, or, I mean, you know, sometimes people say they like singing because it, 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 it makes them relax, or you... you what do you get from it when you sing? That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Um, now it's all very trendy to mm. be singing and it's all part of your well-being. Well, back then, I sang because I just enjoyed it. Yeah. So, obviously, you're practicing the lyrics, you learn them, and then you express them through your voice. Um, and it just does something for you. It, for, for a while, it takes you out of yourself. I mean, yeah. that's why I love it. And I think it's, it's the connection with the emotion, I think. That's the key, isn't it? Because yeah. you can sing a song, you can learn the lyrics, but sometimes it doesn't, it doesn't connect with anyone yeah. because there is no emotional attachment. And I think um, when I've watched performers, I think the ones that really work are where you really get the sense they connect with the, yeah. with the lyrics and with a track and it, it, it's incredible I, I don't really know how how you do it but it's incredible to watch it is indeed and also if you add in um, I also dance self-taught mum again <laughs> so I I, dance. I think mum's got a lot to answer for, but she it, has you know but it's incredible actually when you talk to people very often it is the women in the family that are instrumental in allowing or fostering the love of the arts and I don't know whether that's um, I don't know why um, but it, it, you're not the first person to say that it was their mum who gave them that love of that particular art form um, you know uh, it's, it's interesting it's something to, to, to think about isn't it it is indeed but um, in later life so my dad, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to balance it a bit. My dad, I've now since found out, he used to sing in a choir. And I'm like, well, Dad, how is it? I'm only finding out now. And he just laughed. <laughs> okay, so maybe, maybe I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't something you shared at that time with, with, with your you know, offspring or your daughter or whatever. Um, yeah, I mean, my, my father actually played uh, in a band and I knew about it, but I wasn't interested um, <laughs> in following because I think I'd failed at understanding how to read music. And so because of that initial failure, I thought I wasn't able to do it. Right. Um, it wasn't anything to do with him. It was to do with me and not being able to read music. Okay. So I kind of feel, um, I don't know, um, maybe dance then didn't feel it was their job to uh, approach their siblings and, and, and let them know. I don't know. Um, yeah, most probably. He was the breadwinner, so to speak, so he probably didn't see it as his duty. Yeah. Um, it's a different, a different era, isn't it? I mean, dads yes. today are much more hands-on. A lot of them, aren't they? You'd like to think. Well, you'd like to think. <laughs> no, yes, you would like. I mean, I don't know. I'm talking off the top of my head, but you know, one one hears that uh, you know young young fathers are a little bit more hands on okay. with their with their children. Right. Um, anyway, so you 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 discovered you love music. Yes. Um, and and 
where did that take you? Because, I mean, you have done something with it. Um, and I'm, I'm interested to know where that took you. Okay, so <laughs> it's, it's taken me to... So, there's singing, there's dancing, and there's acting. Um, I see them, they kind of intermingle one into the other. So it's took me to the rep. Oh, the building that I'm in. <laughs> Absolutely, and that's why actually, you know, I mean, you know, it's not why we're here. Um, we're here because we were trying to find somewhere that there wasn't absolutely ghastly noise. And it's quite quiet in here, but it's 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 prescient that you're here, and this is where yes. your um, theatre um, experience uh, yes. started. Yes, I was a member of the, I do believe it was called the Birmingham Youth Theatre. Um, I wasn't with them long, but you know when you do something as a challenge, it's kind of stayed with me ever since. So even though I'm not a natural extrovert, I can si- give me a microphone. And I will sing. <laughs> well, you know, and I, it's interesting because, you know, I'm, I'm probably good act. You know, I mean, I've done a few sort of school productions. I was pretty rubbish, to be honest with you. I just like dressing up, you know, and putting on a costume and a bit of makeup. Because it was, you know, you know, as a boy, you know, in my day, it, you know, you was frowned upon if you did things like that. But, you know, if you were in the school production, you had the licence to go and put a costume on. And I'm not talking dresses here. I'm talking, you know, clothing okay. and uh, putting on a bit of makeup. Um, and so, yeah, I can see the attraction yeah. of doing something outside your comfort zone. Yeah, I mean, sort of... OK, going back to school, um, talking of dressing up, I was... Um, there was a play put on called Rama and Sita, so <laughs> I played Sita and I had to put on a sari, which I didn't quite feel. So <laughs> it was gaping at the top okay. and coming off at the bottom. So I, I, I guess it was thoroughly inappropriate, really. Um, <laughs> but that was the whole point. It was a comedy. Oh, I see. It was a, it was a comedy on the story of Rama and Rama Sita. Sita yeah. Because my, 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 my stage husband, he was, I believe, sh- Chinese, so he was a good few inches shorter than me. Okay, so we had a visual gag. <laughs> yes, um, yeah. And, you know, uh, the costume as well, not fitting. Exactly. So was it some sort of comedy or a farce or something? Yes, it was. It was hilarious. <laughs> and then going from that, so I obviously love dressing up. So, um, and also at school, I was in a production. And I do believe we were in curtains. Yes, it was. <laughs> I think that's part of the course, really. It's school production. Get the old curtains out, run them under the, you know, sewing machine, and Curtains. there you go. Curtains. Curtains. But um, it's obviously stayed with me because um, I've since joined. I actually, I've been with the Birmingham Opera Company for a long time. Ah, now opera. Yes. You've just mentioned Birmingham Opera. <laughs> now. I don't know, but my feelings about opera and probably yours were before you joined. Yeah. Uh, it's for it's highbrow. It's Covent Garden. It's English National Opera. It's vastly expensive seats that really only cater for people with pots of money, which I'm not one of them. Um, and also, I mean, I don't have a bloody clue what they're going on about. I mean, they're they're singing in, you know, either German. Italian or French, and I mean, I'm sorry, but my language skills are shite. Um, I really didn't bother with uh, language at school. I was too intent on flicking 
rubbers at the teacher and getting expelled from the classroom. So, you know, um, I don't get it. And I don't get that they're spending three hours on a stage uh, singing about their love or their hate and someone dies and that's it, you know. So I don't get opera. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was just like you. Yeah i.e. It, it wouldn't have appealed to someone like me. But I was, to be fair, I was dared. Um, I, was, I, was, I was told, you know, come along. Come along to re rehearsal. If you like it, not a problem. So I went. Um, and I was made to feel so welcome that over... It's possibly coming up to 15 years later. <laughs> oh, my God, 15 years. Yeah, I'm still there. I'm and you're still, still a member of the group. I'm still a group. member of the Birmingham Opera Company, yes I right. am. Right, I, I should tell listeners that Birmingham Opera, yeah, it's an opera company, but they're not based in a particular theatre. No, we haven't got one. No, and, and I think their remit is very much to include the audience in whatever production they're doing. Yes. I, I want to say audience. Um, yeah, the audience, include the audience. So it, it, there's not a barrier between the performance and the audience. Correct. Um, so, so what, it, talk me through what they do, because, you know, um, why is this different from going to see La Traviata at um, Covent Garden? Or how is it different? For the audience, it's a lot cheaper. <laughs> ah, yes. Uh, considerably cheaper. Um, another major difference is that you're not seated on the whole, you're not seated. So the audience gets to wander around, but then saying that, so do members of the opera company. Ah, so right. as we're singing, an audience member, you can touch one of us. That's well, that, how close we are. Ah, OK, but you don't want you know, audience members touching you. Actually, do they? Actually, oh my God, we have, awful. in one production, we actually, part of it was to pick on an audience member and to <laughs> dance with them and sing into their ears. Oh my God! I, I'm, I'm I'm so pleased I wasn't there and you didn't pick me. But yeah, I can see that's very interactive. Um, yes. It's it's. Um, I I can see it's breaking down the barrier. I mean, in theatre you, you talk about the fourth wall, which is basically this invisible wall between the stage and the audience. Yeah. And of course, with your productions at Birmingham Opera, I, I I take it that there is no fourth wall, that you're all in that bubble. Yes, you're all that's in correct. in in the show. That's correct. And I think that's quite appealing. Yeah. And I, I can, mean, yeah. I mean, in 15 years, we've only twice um, used a stereotypical stage. So we, um, my first opera was the, um, the Traviata, and that's only because we had a set, which was huge, and it was only the NIA that could accommodate the stage. So that was, um, sorry, that could accommodate the set. Um, and the second time was because of COVID. Oh, so okay. we had to use a stage. So yeah, yeah, because at that time, coming out of that, yeah. you had to keep a distance and you Correct. couldn't have that. Yeah, I, I didn't realise that. Of course, that would be quite a big... It could tail what you could do. Yes. Um, wow. So, um, the, how did it, La Traviata work? Now, the NIA, um, I don't know what it's called now. It's had so many <laughs> new names. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, it's a rather large venue. It's, it's where they have indoor athletics. Yes. Um, so it's a big old space. How did you? How did the set work in there? Well, there was a there was a main. It, it, it wasn't present. No, it, it did. It did work. It did work. There was a, a sort of a heart, 
that's all I can say. A heart made of flowers. I don't think they were real. <laughs> no. But it was, it was huge. And then we kind of worked, i.e. the volunteers worked around it. And then you have what I call the profs. Now, the profs are those the singers. The opera, opera singers, singers yeah. who get paid to do what they do because they do it for a living. And then they're surrounded by more than 100 of um, volunteers who then support them. So those volunteers um, are made up of singers, yes? People who mainly sing, um, um, dancers They can and, sing, yeah. or they're actors, or they're dancers. Depending on the production, we can do all three. Yeah. It just depends. So in your experience, you were mainly singing or acting and singing? Um, mainly, and dancing? Well, mainly singing. However, um, they wanted to get us moving more so we weren't acting we were moving okay. so movement was introduced yeah I, I as can, we were singing yeah I, I can see that would be important because also in that sort of production i guess you're move you're having to move around the space yes and so you've got to find a way to move that isn't clumsy or is perhaps in keeping with what's going on yes good um so talk me through um the rehearsal process so you know you go along and, you know, I'm Joe Bloggs. No, I'm not. I'm actually Emmanuel. But, you know, Emmanuel goes along and I'm, I'm here to join Birmingham Opera. So what's the first thing? What happens at the beginning? Well, um, you've got to identify what you'd like to do. So do you want to sing? Do you want to act? Or do you want to dance? Well, I don't want to dance because I've got, you know, not two left feet. I've got ten. Right. Um, So I don't want to do that. I don't really want to sing too much unless I'm right at the back and you can't hear me. Um, I'd probably do a bit of acting, you know. um, I can be a tree or something. No, there'd be more of... (laughs) More would be expected of you than that. So I'm not going to be a tree. I'm going to be something else. I could be, I don't know, whatever. Whatever you bring to the (laughs) rehearsals, they will find a way to use it. So I can't talk about the acting side of things because we rehearse on different days Uh, at the beginning. So I can only talk about the singing. Usually, how it used to be, we'd come together once a week, usually in the evening because a lot of us work, um, for about two or three hours. And that's how we learnt the music. Right. And so you would be... Part of the chorus, I, I yes. assume. So it, we're a choral part for that particular production. Yes. Um, and you, do you do like a warm-up or you do vocal warm-ups and, and yes, things like did. that? Yes, we did. We yeah. did. Or we try to, but sometimes because of the limit on time, we were told to warm up, warm up at home. Oh, or, right, okay. you know, on your way in. But do they so. teach you a warm-up routine? Because, I mean, supposing me, I'm, I, I, I haven't got a clue what, what I would have to do do, do they point you in the direction of what to do or yes, yes. so you, yeah. you'd have instruction yeah, yeah. Um, I've also got a recording of a warm up and warm down oh yeah I mean <laughs> I mean YouTube's fantastic isn't it I yeah. mean you can find anything on there how to boil an egg even you know <laughs> or, or bake but I did watch yeah. one on how to make a baked potato I really mean, yes that was really interesting was it not but um, yeah and so so basically it's come along, join in, find your niche, and and you say everyone's very welcoming. There's, there, you know, one of the things that puts me off amateur dramatics, and this is, you know, uh, is the fact that you get of people who have got ideas above themselves. You've got <laughs> prima donnas, 
Um, you know, um, there's none of that, is there? Of course there is. Oh my God. <laughs> no. Of course there is. But for those of us who have been there some time, you're able to spot the ones oh, right. who are doing that. Yeah. And without speaking about it, there's a way of curtailing their activities. I see. Without so, them realising. With, yeah, without them getting the, you know, getting upset. Yes. So you do it in a very, you know, uh, kind way. Yes, we do. Um, because that is a problem, isn't it? You get people that think they're better than they actually are or they've got ideas which are not yeah. really necessarily appropriate. Um, um, yeah. I can talk about the chorus. Usually that manifests itself with the... Um, the costumes. Oh, yes. So, of yeah. course, everybody wants to look absolutely fantastic. Um, I don't care. No. I will put on what's given to me. And let me tell you, I have worn some horrendous costumes. <laughs> um, yeah, not black bin bag liners or no, something like quite, that. Not quite as bad as that. I don't know if you remember... There was an exercise lady and she used to dress in green. It was like a unitard. Yes. Right, I wore... One of those. So Lovely. think white with big flowers all over it. Mm. And that was what I wore. You're selling, you're really selling me that outfit. And yeah. I had yeah. to wear that um, for a rave scene. I was going to say, it's sort of thing, I might see it at a rave. Well, I wouldn't see it at a rave. I don't go to raves anymore. But, you know, yeah, that, that's something I, I, I might see at a rave. Yeah. yeah. It okay, was pretty absolutely awful. horrendous. But, you know, it was either that or a pink as I call foo-foo dress, and I wasn't wearing the pink. No, it was awful. That's, it was, it was basically, awful. that's the Christmas fairy, isn't basically, it? Basically, yeah. and I refused um, to put it on, no. so it was either that or this. It's funny you should talk about <laughs> costume, because that's one of the things that, that I think the insecurities of the actor come out. Yeah. And if they're not comfortable, or there's something about that, then that really manifests itself in that sort of, I don't like that, I don't want to wear that, um, and so on. It's interesting, isn't it? They've got no choice. <laughs> they really have no choice. I mean, there was one time I remember, um, the artistic director at the time, Graham Vick, um, he decided that he didn't like the colour of a particular costume, because we all wore the same yeah. thing. He didn't like the colour. So they had to change the colour. And what did they use? They used normal paint. Paint that you paint on the wall. So there were big vats of this paint. They, they stomped the material in there and then put it on the line to dry. Okay. And we had to wear those costumes. So they weren't really washable? No. no. Every evening when we took them off, there was paint on us. Oh. Lovely. I think that's rather, yeah, I d I'm not sure I'd want that, you know, to be honest. Because I don't really want, you know, paint stripper or paint remover every night to take we this were, paint we off. We were all the same. Yeah. So, you know, we all moaned together and we just got on with it. Yeah. The, the director was happy. Was that a cost-saving exercise, do you think? Most probably. probably. <laughs> so I just got visions of people with all this paint on them, yeah. Um, interesting. So, um, and... and this experience, I mean, what have you learned um, from that in terms of opera? What, what's your Ooh. understanding now of opera? Because obviously that must have changed your view. I have been to opera productions since and 
I have to read, is it called the surtitles? Yes, Sir-titles. yeah, yeah, underneath the uh, translations. Well, yeah. I mean, of course you do, because you wouldn't get a clear of what's going on, would yeah. you? Because we've been spoiled, um, the Birmingham Opera Company, because we sing in English, everything's been translated. Ah, good. So, obviously, when you go and see a... I wouldn't say proper, because just because you're amateur doesn't mean to say you're anything less. No, but it's not amateur, because you've just said they're professional singers. Correct. So it's not, a, it's not an amateur production. Yeah. It's a production that uses people who are not necessarily paid to do it um, 24-7, but it, yeah. I, I, I would imagine that values are still the same. Yes, they are. They are very high. Um, so what have I taken away from... Uh, I love... Now I realise just how powerful wearing a costume can be and how people's perceptions of you can change just by looking at what you're wearing. I love it. Mm. So I play with people's perceptions on the street now. So I can wear anything from a mini skirt one day, knowing exactly what people are thinking, to baggy trousers and a, you know, a baggy top the next day and think nothing of it. So you think that you been able to challenge your the way you see yourself and the way people see you as a result of being in that yeah and Uh, quite comfortable doing it yeah and also I mean what about the singing and the music is that more accessible to you now do you have more of an appreciation of opera I have especially Um, the 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 amount of work that goes on behind the scenes I can only I can't even begin to imagine having to learn a different singing learning a different language and then singing it and being convincing in the role that you're playing oh my gosh it's bad enough in English yeah <laughs> and, and you know if you're singing in Latin or Latin Italian or whatever you know, you, the, you, the pronunciation yeah, has it, to be correct and also the emotional um, attachment yes. has got to come through that's that's fascinating so um, well thank you so much for your time oh, I mean um, I would thoroughly recommend if anyone's in the Midlands and Birmingham Opera are doing a production at the time it will be worth getting along and seeing it because you not only see Birmingham Opera but you'll also see Samara wearing a very interesting costume <laughs> um, it's been wonderful thank you so much um, thank you. and it's been a pleasure and I, I, I'm you know really loving my time here it's absolutely wonderful so um see you all again soon